from Roy to the worship that we have seen God do great things. I want to read you a scripture that will not be on uh, your screen. In Mark chapter 16, it says, So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through accompanying signs. Amen. Forty days later, he ascended and sat on the right hand of God. Jesus promised Adam. When Adam sinned and he confronted Adam and he confronted Lucifer, he told Adam, I will return to you. And he did. He lived on this earth. We are celebrating the reason for Easter, and we're concluding the series today, talking about the supernatural has been given. He made a way for us to return back to him. We have been talking about aligning ourselves up to walk in the miraculous, to walk in the supernatural. We have explained what authority is and how God gave us authority through having victory through the death and resurrection. We made a bold statement that we don't see answers to prayer like we should, due to the lack of submission to authority. You see, what we celebrate and what we celebrated last Sunday, the Resurrection Sunday, is that God became a man, was crucified, and three days later, was risen and took captivity captive. All that had died before that time, he took them out of Abraham's bosom, a compartment that was in hell, and he freed them and brought them to heaven. Then he came and spent 40 days with people on the earth. What we want to do is we want to understand what does it mean to return to God? Because some of you are saying, Pastor, I'm born again. I confess Jesus Christ as Lord. Amen, you have. And, and you're a child of God, son or daughter of God that we've learned. But what does it mean return to the Lord? And a book in the Old Testament, matter of fact, the very last book, that a lot of people are afraid to read about it because it talks about tithing. In Malachi chapter 3, it says in verse 7, Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. See, when Jesus said to Adam and confronted Lucifer and said, I will return, and I will defeat you, and I will bring you back to me, Adam and Eve, son and daughters of God, you, the church. He said, when I return, I want you to understand there are areas of the kingdom of God that if you will return to me, I will return back to you the promises I gave you in the covenant. And that's what Malachi really is talking about. But we have lost the focus because all we see is part of Malachi, and that's the beginning. 
So I'm going to spend today in something that I could take two months talking to you about, and I'm going to take about 35 minutes or so, and I'm going to show you what it means that God is going to return back to you in power and in the miraculous if you will return to him in three areas of your life. Now again, everybody gets nervous because we will touch on the tithe. But the book of Malachi is about returning to God. We need God to return to us. We need God's presence in the church more than we have. We need God's power, his miracles, his love, his mercy, his grace to return to us in power and 100% of what he has said. In the book of Malachi, he says you need to return in three areas. Chapter 1 through chapter 3 cover these three areas. Chapter 4, it speaks of the coming of the Messiah or the Son of God which we celebrated last week, actually the last few weeks, talking about what is the meaning of Easter. Chapter 1, God says, you need to return to me in your worship. Have personal devotion and worship to him. Last week, we gave you the CD. You can go online and look at that. And so that you can understand how to devote yourself to God in his word and allow God to speak to your heart. Chapter 2 of Malachi, God says you need to return to me in your family. He didn't say, I want your family to be perfect, because how many of you know our families are not perfect? How many of you know our marriages are not perfect? How many of you know that your families need to serve God and that needs to be a whole heart of your heart, the bigness of your heart, is to serve your family that they see the resurrected Christ in their lives. Your marriage needs to glorify God. It speaks of God and his restoration and his healing. We know that needs to be returned back to the church because the church has lost its flavor in the resurrection Christ of the power of the resurrection. Chapter 3, God says you need to return to me in your, here it is, don't run, giving with your finances. We always say this, God first, family second, don't we? But you know what's third? Giving. Amen. Giving, tithing. Before we go on, let's have a little powwow now. Because I am right now in the midst of sadness, of crying because of my brother, but I'm in the midst of the power, of the anointing, of the confidence of the Holy Spirit, and that comfort that is not just feeling good, because I don't feel good because Roy's gone but I feel great in my spirit because the power of the Holy Spirit is in me. So I am committed. And this morning when I came back to the church, I am committed to teach you in every area of the Bible. Your relationships with God, regarding your family and regarding your giving. We need to return to God in those three areas. 
I want you to walk in the supernatural. I am your pastor, and it has been appointed to me to teach you and to help you to dive into a lifestyle of the kingdom that you can walk in the supernatural. I want you to walk successfully in the gift or gifts that God has given you. They're called motivational gifts that God has given you. Romans chapter 12 tells us about seven gifts. All of us have at least one of them to walk in. These gifts motivate you and drive you to accomplish kingdom truths in your life and to not allow COVID or any other experience that's opposite of the word of God to destroy your faith. Because Jesus on the cross and the resurrection destroyed the works of Satan. And you and I can live a life and motivate ourselves and those around us to live kingdom life. We should come in this church every time, no matter what we've experienced, and jump up and down and worship God. We should come in this church and know that this is church family and love one another and walk with one another in peace and joy. And when we cry, we cry. And when we laugh, we laugh. That's what kingdom lifestyle is. These gifts motivate you. You can live in the miraculous, and you can live a life relating with God. You can live a life loving your family and be an extravagant giver. No matter what you've experienced or no matter what your family does or doesn't do, you are a child of God. You have that anointing. You have that gift to overcome. You, the child of God. Malachi is telling us to do these three things in returning to God. So let me say it in another way. You know me, I peel it. It's like a banana. I get to the basic fat because I want you to know because the truth sets you free. As we learned about benefits of the kingdom, submission to and walking in loving authority is the key. Giving is the main action your life will do when you walk in authority. The world gets position and authority, and they take. The king, in the kingdom of God, when you have position and authority, you give in every area. Malachi 3, verse 6 and 7. Uh-oh, you're in chapter 3. For I am the Lord, I do not change. Hmm. Therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob, Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? See, in the Old Testament, they didn't even know which way. A lot of times in the New Testament, the church doesn't even know which way. And they run and they listen to all kinds of junk out there, wrong doctrine, and we are accused of wrong doctrine when we talk about tithe and giving. And there are people that run around trying to keep you from doing that because the Satan knows if you don't return in these three areas, then God will not return back the kingdom power and the lifestyle that he has promised you. It will not manifest because we do not return to God in these areas. Love your pastor. 
So the question you and I should ask, and I ask it many times, in what way do you want all of us to return? The answer is found in that chapter, verses 8 through 12. So let's read it, and let's show it to you. And then I have four questions that I have asked, and I want you to hear the answers of these questions. In Malachi 3.8, it says, Will a man rob God? Oh, there you are, Pastor. Yet you have robbed me, but you say, In what way have you robbed you? In tithes and offerings. Tithes and offerings. This is saying, I can rob God in my tithe, and I can rob God in my offering. Let me just stop there. I am praying that your spirit will open up and defeat the work of the flesh. And if there have been areas that God has blessed you that you did not tithe on, that you return that tithe. You return to God. You're not returning to me. Well, I'm paying the pastor. No, you're returning to God in your tithe and your offering. Verse 9. You are cursed with a curse. And we're going to talk about what is the curse. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. Now, let me just stop there. Church family, we are talking about what Jesus did on the cross. What was the resurrection? What was the meaning of those things? If I will not open for you, the windows of heaven, and pour out for you such blessing. In other words, returning back to you, that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be delightful, a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. You know why nations fall? Because they stop returning to the Lord in three areas. Now, Malachi is such a powerful book. Malachi is a book that has been chided and kicked around and misstated. But this portion we just read was God wanted to point out regarding our heart, regarding him regarding our family, and regarding finances called giving. He wanted to check our heart. And this is something that we need to do always. Regarding Easter, the Father so loved the world that he gave his Son. So it becomes real to you today. Malachi, here are the questions. Malachi raises some questions we want to answer today. So the first question in this is because we hear this in the teaching of, you know, well, you know, that's just God's plan. You know, God just needed an angel or God needed this or God needed that. God needs nothing. What he wants is you and what he needs for you is to return back to him so his power could return back to this earth and the power of God and the power of the resurrection can move in a mighty way. And that's when the church returns to God. And church family, Valley Community Church has returned because your pastor is teaching the word of God. We have returned. For all of you that are still at home, praise the Lord, you're with us. But I wanna tell you, 
you allow yourself to return to God in these three areas and he will return in your home and one day you'll be back with us fellowshipping and one day, church family, we're gonna hug one another, we're gonna shake one another's hands, we're gonna greet each other with a holy kiss, we're gonna do a bunch of things. Why? Because we are family. We're family. So here it is. First question, does God change? Does God change? Well, Malachi 3.6 says, for I am the Lord, I do not change. He didn't say, for I am the Lord, tithe. He said, for I am the Lord, I don't change. Therefore, you are not consumed. So here it is. Does God change? You answered it, no. Did God change between the Old and the New Testament? No. Was God mean in the Old Testament? You hear this. Was God mean in the Old Testament? Now he's nice in the New Testament? No. No, no, no. God doesn't change. Does God change because COVID came? No. Does God change because you experienced what you experienced this past year? No. God doesn't change. Were people saved were people saved, I'm going to say it again, were people saved by law in the Old Testament and by grace in the New Testament? No. I'm getting to a point. Church family, not one person has ever been saved by the law. They've been saved through grace. Romans 3.20 says, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, no matter how goody two-shoes you are. So don't come to me and say, well, you know, I don't do that because I do this and I'm really good. No, that's your works. And the Bible says your works basically are as filthy rags. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. The law brought you to the recognition that you needed Christ. You needed Easter. Romans 4, verse 13 through 16. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of no effect. Because the law brings about wrath, for where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Okay, I'm going to repeat the thing, and if you get tired of it, sorry, I'm going to keep repeating it. Okay, here it is. If you were a nerd before you were born again, right after you were born again, you are a born-again nerd. So in other words, it's by grace. It's not because of how good you became or you changed all your life. None of us are perfect, and we have to recognize that. Genesis 6 says, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Old Testament. Every person that has ever come to the Lord comes through grace, not through the law, not being good enough. In other words, we're not good enough. So again, God doesn't change. Yes, 
we are in the New Testament under grace, not under law. So, again, what does that mean? I am really trying to show you of all these people that religiously on all the blogs and all the different teachings online that you don't know the person from Adam and they don't give a rip about you, I want you to understand this is what grace is. This is the kingdom of God. Murder was wrong under the law. Do you recognize that? Okay. But it's wrong under grace too. Adultery was wrong under the law. You remember that? Yeah? Okay. The law, and it's wrong under grace. So here's my thought here going back to Malachi. Returning to God is right under the law, and it's right under grace. Are you following my thought? A righteous family is right under the law, and it's right under grace. Tithing and giving, offering, is right under the law, and it's right under grace. I could spend days teaching you New Testament tithing and giving. You see, the word ordinance in verse 7, we need to know. Ordinance talks about order, or it means principle of order. There is an order to the kingdom of God, and we, when we get out of order, what happens is the kingdom of God gets out of order in our lives. We have to set an order. It's not law. It's of grace. But God says, you have gone away from my principles in Malachi. I, have, I gave you to keep your life in order. These are principles that keep you and me in order. There are so many times I don't do this with people. I don't go up to them and say, if you want God to do things in your life, then stop sinning. Because I know you ain't going to stop sinning. You're going to blow it. Amen. I don't see your faces. I know you're looking at me like, and don't look at me like, I don't sin. You were born in sin. And the reality is what we have to recognize is this, is grace. Through grace, but returning to God and giving back to God these things, then we'll open the windows of heaven. Not only finances will pour out, but your family will be healed. Your family will get born again. And you will see the power of God move in the relationship that you have. Wisdom and understanding and revelation of God will be poured out in a greater way through the Holy Spirit. So we need to keep it in order. That's why Malachi says return in these three areas so God will return what he's promised in your life. Tithing is one of those principles. Did you know that tithing was established 430 years before the law? See, that's the teaching. Well, we now are under grace, not under the law, so tithing now disappears. Tithing happened 430 years before the law. Hebrews 7 says, when you tithe, Jesus himself receives the tithe. So when I put this thing in that box when I leave, 
Those boxes there, yeah, that's tithe and offering. When I put this in there, Jesus says, thank you. And what happens? The windows of heaven are opened. Hmm. Murder is still wrong. Adultery is still wrong. So I'm happy to be under grace. And grace requires more of me than the law. I just want to tell you that. We're no longer under the law. Grace expects more from you. Let me prove it to you. So to sum up grace in one word, the word is Jesus, full of grace and truth. Matthew 5.21, Jesus talking, uh, you know, who it's grace. He says, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. Verse 22 But he says, but I say to you, grace, Jesus, but I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of judgment. Grace expects more. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council, but whoever says you fool shall be in danger of hell fire. The law says don't murder. Grace says don't even be angry without a cause. Remember, the Bible says, be angry and sin not. So grace, everybody says, I'm free. Yeah, we're free from sin because Jesus took it. That's what Easter is about. But everyone says, I'm free from the law. <laughs> Praise the Lord, you're free from the law, but grace says, do more. Grace says, don't even be angry. Hmm. I'm so glad I'm under grace. So being under grace, you do and give more than the principle. I, okay, I know that just went. Whew. Grace, you do more than the principle. Not because of law, because you have to. It's the law. I have to bring my offering and my sacrifice in. No, no. You give because it's your heart and you do more. You get up early. You take care of your neighbor. You take care of your spouse. You take care of your children, your grandchildren. You do things. You go above and beyond. You're early to work. And you stay late if you need to. Not because of your boss, because of who you are. Deuteronomy 16, 16 says, Three times a year all your males shall appear before the Lord your God in the place which he chooses, at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, at the Feast of Weeks, and at the Feast of Tabernacles, and they shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. See, when you live in grace in the kingdom of God, you always have hands that are full of something to give. Give to God your time, your thoughts. God has never changed. God has never changed. Serve him with all your heart. Love and protect God's plan for your family. Your tithe belongs to God. Let me just tell you this. Every one of you have a call regarding your family, regarding your marriage. Okay, some of you guys, um, you know, are thinking, man, every time my wife, she wants to go to the store and buy more furniture. 
She wants to buy this. She wants to buy that. She wants to buy this. Well, let me tell you part of that. Now, it can become extreme, and she needs to be led of the Holy Spirit. But the reality is, part of that is that part of her call is taking care of the home. My home would be ugly, and it would not be like it is today if it wasn't for my wife. Amen. That's why she has a passion to do the, the thing she has for that. Now, let me just turn that around. Okay, in most marriages, a lot of times it's the men, and I'm not going to use runs the finances. I mean, a man usually has the ability to take care of the finances. And so there are times when the man says, you know, we, we're budgeting. We just don't have it for that now. Let's wait. Let's do that. Oh, you just don't like me. You just don't care. You don't care. No, 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 no. No, you know what it is? It's the call of God in his life. And he is preparing his home for the future that one day if he dies, that his home will be set and his wife and his children will be taken care of. See, we look at things, why is that? Because we look at the law. We look at the law. We got to get our lives into grace. Second question. Well, let me say it this way. Serve him with all your heart. Love and protect God's plan for your family, and your tithe belongs to God. Second question, do we need God to return? Do we need God to return? Oh, no, God has, you know, we learned God's done everything. He didn't have to do anything, all right? But he says, in the kingdom, you return to me. Everything I promise will fall in your lap. But in area, a lot of areas of our life, we haven't returned to God. So what do I mean? God says, return to me and I'll return to you. Verse 7, again, yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances, my order, the plan, and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way? We need God to return. Judges 6.12, the Lord appears to Gideon. He says, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you you mighty man of valor. Notice the scripture. The Lord is with you, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. Then Gideon said to him, oh my Lord. I'm going to just say it in, in terminology of today. Oh my Lord, what is going on? God, where are you? How come all this stuff is going on? How come this happened when I prayed? Okay, now let me say the, what he said. Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? Ever ask that question? Then he says, and where are all the miracles which our Father told us about? <laughs> Sounds like today, huh? So if God is with us, where are the miracles? Notice verse 12 again. I want to pinpoint this. You got to see this. This is not condemnation, but this is Revelation Church. Everyone say the word revelation. revelation. Everyone say, I'm going to get this. Verse 12 says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said to Gideon, The Lord is with you. You, mighty man of valor. The Lord is not Southern. The Lord is with you, not you all. He didn't say the Lord is with Israel, but you, Gideon. 
Why? Because Gideon had not departed from the Lord's ordinances and the Lord's principles. Gideon misunderstood. He said, if God is with us, why don't we see miracles? God wasn't with us. He was with Gideon because Gideon had returned to the Lord. Malachi says, if you come back to me, I will come back to you. So here's the answer to the age-old questions and complaints. God, how come you aren't doing what I prayed? How come it's still going on? Check your heart. That's what tithe and giving is about. That's what the family is about. Hey, let me just tell you, there are going to be times you're going to have challenges with your finances. There are going to be times you're going to have challenges with your family. There are going to be times you're going to have challenges with time to be with God. But you have to always check your heart to make sure you're doing it. Make sure you're returning. (laughs) So, what do we need to do? Return to God in all these three areas. What Malachi had told us. God, family, finances. See, we got the book of Malachi. I know the history of the the book and when it was written and stuff, but it was placed last in the Old Testament because the next chapter talks about Jesus returning. Perfect example of power, no sin, all is well. Hey, Jesus had family that didn't even believe in him. That didn't change who he was. So let me blow you away now. Tithing is not giving, it's returning to the Lord what is his. So if tithing is returning to the Lord what is his, then your family's his. Then your relationship with him is his. He directs your relationship. I don't direct my relationship with God. What do I mean by that? Well, God, I just haven't had time. Make time. He promised sweet sleep. But if you've got to get up an hour early, get up an hour early and journal. See, a lot of people think, oh, well, you know, pastor just wanted to give that CD out <laughs> because he just thought it was a pretty good teaching. He just wanted to give it away and show how good of a teaching it was. No, because I want you to return to the Lord in your relationship with him. I want you to fellowship more with him. Tithing belongs to God. Remember the parable of the talents? Remember he gave one five, another one two, another one one? And there were three men. One returned five plus five. The other one returned two plus two. And God said, well done, faithful servant. And the man with one buried it and gave it back to him. In other words, his gift, everything, just gave it back. He didn't do more. He didn't give more out of it. That's what Malachi is talking about, returning, doing more for God doing more for him, doing more for the church, doing more for your spouse, doing more for for the things with your finances. And the reality, there, there, there are billions of dollars that people have hoarded and kept in their own pockets when it was God's. And then they cry and yell, God, how come I'm still going through what I'm going through? The Lord even said he's a wicked man 
You only gave back to me what was already mine. Have you ever had a pastor say this to you? All you tithers are just wicked. I don't think you've ever heard that, did you? No. See, I want God to do miracles in your life. I want you to walk in the miraculous. Let God do a work in your heart returning to him. I'll say it another way. Let God work on your heart so that in every area of your life you return back to God. Did you know that we're born selfish? But we're born again generous. Some people haven't got that yet. We're born takers. Mine, mine. First words most kids say, mine. We're born takers. We're born again givers. We need to return to God so God will return his covenant promise back to us. Here's the third question. Is there really a curse? Malachi 3.9 says you are cursed with a curse. So let's explain it, but people explain it away. I'm going to show you what it is, but a lot of people explain the curse away. The Bible said Jesus bore the, this curse on the cross. The Bible says he bore our sin, and so nothing. Now, we understand, we've already taught you about the cross, that our sins have been removed and never will condemn us. But I want to tell you, we still sin. We still take. We still do the things that we do. Why? Because we forgot to return to the Lord. God said to Gideon, I will bless you and favor you, Gideon. And that's why Gideon won. And he had to say, listen, you're not going to win with all these people because they haven't returned to me. Get down to 300 people. Remember the story? Okay. So we're getting real revelation of all these stories. So the question is, have you ever sinned after you became a Christian? And if you say no, you just sinned. <laughs> Matthew 8, 17 says, he bore our sicknesses. Have you ever been sick since you've been born again? Genesis 3 says he bore our curse. What is a curse? A curse is a consequence. Let me just tell you, a curse is a consequence. And when we don't return to the Lord, the consequence is the Lord doesn't return to us. In other words, if you do this, this is the consequence. If you murder someone, you're going to jail. You commit adultery, there is a consequence. You don't return to the Lord, there's a consequence. You don't turn family back to him because they're his, it's a consequence. You don't tithe, there's a consequence. Not that God's mean, God doesn't change. It's the reality of us understanding the principle of the ordinance of the kingdom of God. So Joshua 6, verse 18 and 19, remember the city of Ai, the smallest city after Jericho? And they couldn't defeat because one guy took what was God's, didn't return it to the Lord. Let's read it, Joshua 6, 18 and 19. And you by all means abstain from the accursed things, 
lest you become accursed when you take of the accursed things. The accursed things were dedicated to the Lord. And make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. But all the silver and gold and vessels of bronze and iron and consecrated are consecrated to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. God says, you take it to my house, it's blessed. But if you take it to your house, it's cursed. Consequence. Worship is for God only. You worship other things, there's a consequence. Family, all is his. Give them to God by following the ordinances. God will return to your family and favor and bless your family. You return your tithe because it belongs to God. You belong to God. Your family belongs to God. And he'll return a hundredfold. The fourth question, the last one we want to answer, and we'll close with this. Is there really a blessing? God, why are you blessing that person and, and not me? Malachi 3, 10 through 12. Bring all the tithes in the storehouse. There may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for your, you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. See the reality of all three things. Relate with me, your family will be whole, and your finances will be blessed. Is there a blessing? Yes. And most of it is a protection of the Lord. So all three areas of returning to the Lord represents, here it is, your heart. Represents your heart. What are you thinking about that? When I brought up Malachi, where did your heart go? When I brought up family, where did your heart go? When I brought up relationship and spending time with God, getting up an hour early, where did your heart go? See, I'm not messing around. Because I want in my life, see, I'm not responsible in a way with Terry's personal walk with God. I'm not responsible in a way for Ryan or Jill or their spouses, or my grandchildren. I'm responsible for me. Even if they don't react properly, I'm responsible for me. And I am going to walk in my gifting. I'm going to walk in my call. I'm going to stand in the things that God called me to do. Am I perfect? I'll say it this way. Heck no. Do I mess up? Yes, but the reality is I'm returning to God and I check my heart all the time. Matthew 6.21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So what your treasure in life is, your heart will follow. Malachi says, Treasure the Lord in everything.
Let's all stand.